0: Welcome
1: to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos.
2: And I'm Dewey Vaughn.
1: Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And we're your hosts of Cat Talk Radio. And we're here to give you information that's going to help you to take better care of your cat. And help you to
2: bond more with your cat.
1: We hope so. And today, we're going to be talking all about solo cat
2: parenting. Wow. You know, I tell you, I don't know a whole lot about solo cat parenting because the majority of my experiences were a cat was not solo. And with you, I've learned way more than I knew back then. And I have to say that when I was taking care of the cat on a constant basis, I, um, you know, I was a bad parent, I think, based on all the information that I have learned from you through the podcast and you know you and the things you've you've shown me um i would say that i probably was a bad bad cat daddy in <laughs> a good way <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean i think we share a lot of information on what's the best way to help this species survive in your care right and i think even the best of cat parents like me <laughs> and you sure. and you now, right? I yeah, mean, even figure. even us don't do everything that we tell people to do. It's kind of like, you know, the cobbler's children have no shoes, but it's not that bad, because really PICO is pretty, pretty well taken care of. But, you know, I have to admit, I I couldn't take as good a care of PICO as we do by myself, you know. So Um, you know, solo cat parenting, taking care of an animal, whether it's a cat or a dog or really anything by yourself is challenging. And this, you know, this topic came about uh, because a volunteer uh, foster lady at, at one of the shelters I work with, her name's Kim. She adopted a really cool cat. This was one of the cats that kind of tugged at my heart, you know, I was just about ready to pull him for fostering. And she came out of the blue and said, I'll foster him. And his name is Talay and he's got a wonky eye and, you know, so he's got some compromised eyesight and he can be overstimulated. He was also, you know, borderline cat behavior material. And she and I exchanged a lot of emails about Tele's behavior, but she actually suggested this episode in a recent email. She sent, would you consider doing a podcast for people who live alone with kitties? When there's no one to share the care, it's a lot of work for one person, especially when it's a special needs cat. I bet other singletons would appreciate all the tips you've shared with me over the past eight months since Talay joined my family of one.
2: You know, I have to say that uh, kudos to her, really, for taking on this kind of thing. Um, I would have to say I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to. I'd feel so guilty at times when I felt like I wasn't taking good care of that cat, but you know, I I do know that you have been able to make some suggestions and put some ideas in my head and a lot of other people's head about how to take care of that, like food timers and certain play times and all that. I and I, regardless of whether it's a special needs cat or not, that just kind of adds to the equation. It just seems like if you could get the basics down. Then, you know, regardless of the special need care, you you can begin to become a better cat person, regardless of whether or not you're you're doing a special care or not, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and I think that's a good point. A lot of it is routine, establishing a a routine. For anybody, when you're caring for anything or trying to get your own stuff done, it's a matter of establishing a routine and priorities so that you can get done what you need to get done. But, you know, I imagine it's probably you can empathize, even though you have never been a solo cat dad, you can empathize with what that's like because you raised kids on your own for a a good portion of their lives. So. You know, you you kind of know what it's like to take care of another being by yourself without having a spouse or a partner to pitch in on that with, you know, with activities and meals and things like that. It's got to be close to that, right?
2: I, yes. Uh, as a single parent, you're right. If you're juggling everything that the school's put on to the children, plus just this basic care of taking care of their clothes and their meals and their transportation and, you know, their various things, you commit to that. And I would think that you're right. It's very much when you take home an animal, whether it be a special needs or not, you are committing to the care of that um. That being, I guess, would be the way to say whether it's a child or it's something else. But you're right, it was difficult to juggle my work um, and trying to come home and make sure the kids were there because it's, it is you got a lot of uncertainties that happen, trying to travel from your office to the house. There could be accidents. There's delays. Then there's game schedules, and then there's practice schedules, and then there's homework to be done, and there's food to be done, all that, and then you're having to prioritize things along the way um, to, to know what's the most important now, and then, like you said, you become uh, you get into a routine but not only that you you learn to discover just like these podcasts give the opportunity to those people that are taking care of their kids the opportunity to to become innovative to think of new ways of taking care of and and shortcutting some of the processes one one thing that comes to my mind all the time is is the food timers that you talk about and you know that take care of Um, the kitties at night uh, food timers that take care of kitties during the day and you don't have to necessarily shortcut them from having a real raw food diet versus the dry food diet you can put those timers in place and there are things out there that's innovation all on its own so there's ways to get through it and and as you said create a, a routine but also become more innovative for your own life,
1: yeah. Not because they're all great points, and and you're right. And you know, maybe uh efficiency and shortcutting cat care ought to be a a topic we cover at some point. Because um yeah, that's interesting. You gave me a you gave me a good idea, Dewey Vaughn.
2: <laughs> well, you know, with everything you tell people, they should do for their cats, which is always good information. And I concur with all of it, because I see it happening on a daily basis and things that I wouldn't have done myself. So I think it's really good for people to listen to these kinds of podcasts, podcasts or other information to find ways to kind of help both you and your cat, just like I did as a single parent, how to figure out to to get my kids to help me do certain things. I had to put, I had to be somewhat innovative and put out certain rewards one way or another. So if, if someone is at work and they're outside of the home for an eight hour day and they live alone, the responsibility would feel super overwhelming unless you do start listening to some things like this.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and this is, this is one of the reasons that we did a podcast titled, how many cats should you have? Cause in that podcast you know should you have one should you have 10 and it really does help you to analyze the responsibility and what's going to be involved with with some interesting equations and ways so if you're listening and you haven't read that and even if you're you know max capacity of cats or wherever you are in your cats it's just an entertaining podcast go search for that on CatTalkRadio.com. but you know parenting a cat is a huge responsibility, and yes, it is time-consuming. You know, a lot of people adopt cats thinking that they're lower maintenance and they're, you know, they stay to themselves and they're aloof and they're not going to require a lot of your time. You don't have to take them to the groomer and take them out to pee and stuff like that, and you know, some of that is true relative to owning a dog. I think that they're less maintenance, but you know, maybe dog owners don't like to pray play with cats and they prefer to go Mm -hmm. walk their dog, you know, who knows, but, but it is, it, they do require, you know, things, they require enrichment, they require a healthy diet, you know, you're responsible for making sure that this little being thrives in your care, so it, it does take time, so, you know, you're right, that, It does sometimes feel overwhelming when your plate is full of a lot of other stuff.
2: You know, something that comes to mind, you recently did a podcast on cat enrichment and it had a 45 point checklist of things people (laughs) should do. That's a lot. But at the same time, I think it's very much how you get to finding ways to be innovative and finding uh, ways to shortcut what you would have laid out as a full day so yeah I don't know that you out a way to do that and and I I think the point I'm trying to bring up is you have a checklist
1: yeah exactly I have a checklist but you look at it and like you said it's 45 points and you go oh m g how in the heck am i supposed to be doing all this but a lot of that is providing something and once it's provided you check it off the list and that was a webinar by the way not just a podcast it was a webinar so you and you can hop over to our YouTube channel and watch it cuz um a group out of Dallas Dallas Pets Alive sponsors quarterly webinars and they asked me to do one on cat enrichment, and it it was a good one. Like I said, we had 45 points that we covered that needs to be done, and it is a lot, but you know, at, at the very least, all right, cats need to eat frequently because in the wild, and I say that a lot, because they are still kind of little wild creatures, and the better we can simulate what would naturally be in their wild, natural environment in the home, the happier they're going to be. So in the wild, they're going to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day. So if you feed them four to five in a home, they're going to be happier than if you only feed them twice a day. Right? You, you can have behavior issues crop up if you don't feed a cat frequently enough. And they need prey play. Because again, in the wild, they're going to hunt six hours a day. But when we confine them to a home then they don't have that opportunity to hunt. They're bored. They have a lot of pent-up energy. So we've got to engage them in prey play. That can be a a wand with a toy, and it can be, you know, stalking and hunting each other, as long as you're not encouraging biting in in that sequence. It, It can be all kinds of things, but they need to engage with interactive prey play, not just be left alone with their toys. They've got to have clean litter boxes. And that means scooping at least once a day, preferably twice a day. And they, they need attention. You can't just come home from work and be tired and Have to get food and totally ignore them for days on end. That that doesn't work for them. They are social beings and they need your attention and your affection and to know that you love them and they need medical care and they need fresh toys because they get bored with the same old toys you leave out for them. So pull some out, soak them in catnip and and keep them cycling through. And I know it's a lot, right? But but this is a little feline sentient being that we're responsible for, you know, and can cats survive with less than those basics? Well, of course they can, but but can they thrive?
2: You know, it's kind of like raising kids. Can, can they survive off junk food? Well, of course they can. But do they thrive off it? No, you know, you got to look at that kind of in a different different direction.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly. And, it, and that brings up another point, you know, the cost. It's not cheap either.
2: It's not, That's you saying. know,
1: this isn't an inexpensive. You can't just adopt a cat and think that that adoption fee is the last money you're going to have to invest in it.
2: You know Kim suggests you share some of the advice you've given to her over the past 8 months. What are some of those things that you've told her?
1: Well, it, the biggest thing I've told her, I've told her a lot of things that were, you know, real specific to to Tele, but you know, patience is probably the biggest thing in this process. You know, she fostered him and then she adopted him and then they moved and and this this emerged a whole nother set of of behaviors as it was a new environment, a more stimulating environment. And he was already over, you know, overstimulated to begin with. And so I had to remind her and send her a form that I created for shelters to use called the three 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 Expectation Form. And it lines out, you know, at what stage in time, is a cat going to be acclimated to your environment? And what are some of the things you can be doing to help them acclimate quicker? And so I reminded her that, you know, that extends to a new home. So the sheet is set up really designed for you adopt a cat. Here's what you can expect. Three days, the cat's in shell shock. Give it three days in its own space, and its own sanctuary room to just kind of go, okay, now where am I? and then three weeks to just kind of get a foothold with what the routine and sights and sounds and smells and things are in the new home, and then three full months to feel really comfortable in themselves and you're kind of seeing their full personalities. Well, when you move to another place, that's that's it starts all over. It's the reset button. You might not be new in your relationship with the cat might not be new, but the whole set of surroundings are. And that cat goes back into, you know, shell shock mode to slowly becoming acclimated to finally setting in. They really don't do well with change. So that's the first thing I reminded her was, you know, have patience. Have patience. You just moved. We settle in, we get excited on a whole different level. He's going to need some time. And also have patience with yourself because it's normal for people to feel overwhelmed. I've been feeling very overwhelmed in the last couple of weeks just trying to catch up from our trip. It's normal that you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't get to everything on my plate. Take a deep breath. Have some patience for yourself and your situation, right? Focus on the love that you have with that cat and the space that the cat fills in your life and take a moment in gratitude for that. You know, I I also think that we all build character by pushing ourselves a little bit into uncomfortable places.
2: You know, putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation isn't always healthy
1: well that's true but you know if you're in a relationship and and yes we are in relationship with our cats just like other people um it's it's feeding you love and making you feel appreciated and then when the times get tough and uncomfortable if you push through those you learn new ways to cope And new appreciations for that being. And both of you emerge from that in a better way.
2: Are there some specific tools you've given her?
1: Well, most have been specific to Tele, but some apply to all cat parents. Um, For instance, it's real important to ignore the attention-seeking behaviors that you don't like. In Talay's case, he's super loud meow And she's trying to work from home, trying to concentrate, and he's screaming in the background, trying to get her attention, trying to go outside, you know, just screaming. And when she pays any attention to that whatsoever, it reinforces the behavior and he does it more. So I've had to remind her you must ignore it. Get earplugs, get a set of bows, noise-canceling headphones so you can do your work and totally ignore it. And by that, I mean, don't look at him, don't talk to him, don't get up, don't stop what you're doing. Just he is not there doing that behavior because the behaviors that we pay attention to increase and the behaviors that we ignore will begin to fade.
2: So, is he a young cat?
1: Well, that's another good point, right? Cats reach, and it's something else I've had to tell her, is that cats reach social maturity between the ages of two and four years old, and I think I think he's still around too. He's a relatively young cat and you can expect a young kitten to go through some really annoying phases and take a a long time to settle in. You know, people forget or maybe don't know how much work a kitten is, but of course, everybody wants one. We all want kittens. They're so adorable. And, you know, I wouldn't miss it for the world, but wow. Wow. The biting phase, right? The knocking things over as they learn where their body is and how their feet move, you know, and being underfoot until they learn where your body is. I mean, oh my gosh, all of those phases are are crazy. You remember when we, you know, adopted Pico? I think I said I I don't don't want to get a kitten. I'd prefer to get an older cat because I wasn't sure I was up to it again and. Wow. I could not wait. I I remember so many times saying, I cannot wait till he's at least eight months old.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't think I could go through solo parenting again, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and here's probably the most salient wisdom I can share with you on this topic. When you live alone, not only is it a lot more time consuming take care of your own responsibilities right cuz you don't have anyone to share the chores and burdens with in the household but there's also a piece of that i i think that people also tend to kind of cherish their time alone and they may be quick to resent another being in their space that's dependent upon them and and then you know might have special needs or annoying behaviors on top of that, you know, that, that I think we, we resent that and we get very protective of our alone time and how wonderful it is. And so I think that the salient wisdom I spoke of and then got off track about is (laughs) accept a cat for who it is and where it is in its life. There's only so much we can change. There is a lot of behavior we can change in both cats and people and ourselves, by the way, with tools, you know, behavior modification tools. But at the end of the day, a lot of times the cat is who the cat is and you chose it and you adopted it and you should appreciate it for what it is. It's like I didn't choose you to be my husband and then want to change you into somebody else. I chose you and love you and appreciate you and accept you for where you are. And I don't find that behavior that you've always been annoying all of a sudden one day. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing how people take pets and convert them into their own psychological behavior either issues problems or successes in some way Um, it's you know a lot of things that you're bringing up you could see where somebody may take on a pet in their life and they're solo because they don't have much of a relationship with anyone so their relationship becomes that of the cat and so After some period of time, I think you have to also understand that if someone comes into that person's life and they're no longer a single parent, they're a a dual parent, if you will, how does that change the cat and the uh, cats, um, uh, how they view the cat even? I mean, because if you're a single parent and your focus is all on that cat, and somebody else comes in and things start changing, you start seeing the dynamic. Well, it makes sense now why the cat would change and why the cat has behavioral issues and all that because the cat was 100% your world at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So you have to not only think about being a single cat parent, but what would it look like when you eventually find someone because everybody does right at some point you've got to you'll you'll get into some relationship somewhere along the line because cats are alive for 10 15 years maybe 20 so in that time period you'll find someone else so how how can you set it up with how you are taking care of that that someone else coming into your life also
1: Yeah. And that's another episode. That's that's another good episode is, you know, how to, okay, I'm single now. (laughs) How do we combine families? In fact, I have a behavior case going on now. That's that's exactly that is, you know, boyfriend's been coming over. Boyfriend has a dog. They're going to combine households. I mean, all that is so stressful on a cat. But, you know, not only do we have to accept cats for where, They are and their person and their individual personalities. But I think that we have a responsibility to understand who cats are in general, in terms of the species. You know, for instance, they are crepuscular, which means they are a lot more active at dawn and dusk. So they're going to be awake at five o'clock, and you might like to sleep in till nine and find that annoying. But that's, you know, that's the nature of the species we can, there are some tricks to getting around that, but, you know, other things like cats like to be in control. You know, they're not, they're not like dogs. They don't want to do things to please you. They're, they, they want to be in control of their environment. And if you make them feel trapped or not in control at any point, then again, you have behavior and Issues, You know, they, 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 you must respect their boundaries because if you violate their boundaries, you know, the, again, behavior issues, whether it's aggression or avoidance or things like that. So there's just some innate character traits about the species in general that we need to just accept. So and, you know, you know also, it sounds like
2: we have to learn to be in control of them without them knowing we are in control of them.
1: <laughs> exactly. And
2: <laughs> <laughs> just like kids.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or just spouses like
2: or right. <laughs> yeah, right. Or spouses. Yeah.
1: And there are ways to do this. And this happens like when we clicker train them, you know, they they think that they're training us. As soon as they figure out that putting a paw in the palm of your hand for a high five makes a treat come. They go, ah, watch this. I know how to make her give me a treat. And they come up and they high five you because they know they're going to get a treat, right? So they think they're in in charge, you know. We, we We need to let them lead. It's okay. But mostly, you know don't fall on your sword over the stupid stuff, right? If they want to jump out and grab your legs as you walk by, okay. You know, so that's a sign to pray play with them more. As long as they aren't drawing blood and sending you to the hospital with an infection, have fun. Don't, don't be so picky. Let them be, let them be cats. Let them be who they are. Let them be that, wild, natural little feline that they are. They, they need that, you know, let, let go of some of that control and, and accept them for where they are. And I think that makes both solo cat parenting and cat parenting in general, an easier task.
2: Yay. This was really another good podcast that you put together. And I really think that you know, people sending in stuff like this really helps to expand. And it is more interesting a lot of times because it's directly a message to those who might need it. And uh, so I'm really glad that that's happening. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners to me- email any topic ideas or questions to Molly. And her email address is molly, M-O-L-L-Y, at cattalkfile. Radio.com.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome because we do get a lot, and they are amazing, and it really helps us come up with these, this content. And there's also a new way to send us topics. If you go to the cattalkradio.com website, there is a way to send us a voice message. So you can just record your voice message and it emails to us. And, and that's awesome. And we're going to do an episode uh, playing those and answering your questions. And there's another way that you can help us out. If you go to our store on the website, um, there's a Behavior boutique, and we're always getting in new products. And we just got back from Super Zoo, so there's lots of new products coming. And they not only help you to take better care of your cat and bond better with your cat, but all, all 100% of those proceeds goes to Cat Behavior Solutions, the nonprofit. It's an all volunteer business, nonprofit. It's an all volunteer based podcast. We are here to help you better care of your cat and increase that bond between you. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the number, is the number one, one cause death of death in, in cats. cats. Sad statistic. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now... Go make a connection with your feline friend.